0: You're listening to a 3CR podcast, created in the studios of Independent Community Radio Station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews3 crorgau Evil minds at plot destruction. Sorcerer of death construction. In the fields of bodies burning machine keeps turning. <laughs> Death and hatred to mankind. Poisoning their brainwash minds. Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. This to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Welcome to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program is a podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. My name's Joseph Tosco and I've got the unpleasant news of telling you that we'll be broadcasting right through the festive season. That's right. 52 weeks a year. You can't get away from the Anarchist World this week. A little bit that smell, you can smell when you've accidentally stood on dog shit That's us, we're here to annoy you And more importantly to uh, activate those uh, non-synapsing neurons in your brain Now if you're wondering what anarchy is all about Anarchos without rulers, very simple It's a political, social, cultural, philosophical philosophy Which I didn't invent which has been invented from by people from time immemorial, time immemorial, the struggle to share power and wealth, because anarchism is about that struggle to share power and wealth. It's about removing rulers, not rules, removing rulers and ensuring that everybody is able to participate in the decision-making processes and be a share in the Commonwealth. That's right, we do live in the Commonwealth of Australia, the Commonwealth of Australia. And the world and That's a simple concept Without rulers What gives rulers the capacity to make decisions That affect your lives That's inequalities in power and wealth That's inequalities in power and wealth So you're involved in the struggle To uh, redistribute wealth And devolve power That's share power Well, whether you describe yourself as an or Still not, I'm afraid you are You have the Mark of Cain Tattooed on your forehead, anarchism. Now, I love hypocrites. I love hypocrites. They're my favourite people. Now, the Liberal National Party, especially the Liberal Party, it's all about choice, you know? It's all about choice. I think, well, that's nice. It's nice to have choices. As we've spoken about before, choices in a capitalist society are quite limited and to a large degree depends on the amount of uh, disposable income you have. That's a fancy word, disposable income. That means the amount of money you have after you've met your day-to-day life commitments. You know, that money that's left over that allows you to have that holiday you've been dreaming about, buy that piece of junk you've been fantasizing about. It's all about choice, 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 choice. Well... Isn't it interesting? With the current debate regarding extending the uh, cashless card outside the Northern Territory and making it a permanent fixture of the lies where it's been trialled, it's interesting to see that a cashless card is all about removing choice. That's right. It's about removing the choice that the individual has to decides how he or she will spend their social security benefits and where they're able to spend those social security benefits. I'm sure that if our corporate leaders were told that they could only shop at the corporate store which was owned by their competitors, they wouldn't be very happy. But when it comes to people who are exploited, because we don't use the word disadvantaged on the anarchist world this week. There's no such thing as disadvantaged. It's all about exploitation. So, choice. So if you've got disposable income, if you're able to exercise power in a capitalist society, you have wonderful choices. If you're a working person who just basically meets their day-to-day financial commitments, you have minimal choices, And if you're somebody on a social security benefit who's handed a cashless card, you have no choice. So the Liberal Party isn't about choice. The Liberal Party is about giving those with power the choice, the ability to exploit the rest of the community. When it comes to the marginalised and the dispossessed, they don't have choice. Now, you're not going to believe this. This is a live interview and we've just had a dog walk into a studio, a real live dog. Now, that dog had a choice. It could have walked into the studio and uh, annoyed me or it could have walked up and down the corridor. But because it loves my voice and it's not my dog, it's come into the studio. So it had a choice. But if you had a cashless card and you wanted to walk into a, a shop that was not listed on the cashless card... You don't even have the choice that this little dog has that walked into the studio. Isn't that extraordinary? Isn't that extraordinary? So if you think the Liberal Party is about choice, it's not about choice. It's about negating choice. Let's move on. I love, I love hypocrites. Now, I'd like to tell you a story. And it's a very sad story. And it's also a very uplifting story. It's both. Like life, you get your ups and downs. Now, there are people listening to this program who listen to this program on Community Radio 3CR, which is based in Melbourne. And one of the programs I do on Community Radio 3CR with other people is Talk Back With Attitude, which is normally heard between 10am and 11am on a Thursday morning, where listeners from around Australia ring in, and uh, we have a bit of a yarn about what's on their mind. And a regular caller to talk back with attitude was Mr. John Glazebrook, who had the pleasure of re-meeting at the Eureka Day celebrations on uh, Thursday, the third of December. Now, John lived with his family in Dever Hills, which is a suburb in uh, Casey, that's the local government area of Casey. And Mr Glazebrook was a taxi driver, humble taxi driver. And for many years, John campaigned against the corrupt practices which were a feature of the local council at Casey. For many years, he'd ring up the uh, Talk Back With Attitude and he'd tell us what's going on. Nothing would ever happen. We encouraged him over four years ago to stand for the local election, which he stood for, where he uh, put his concerns to his fellow citizens and they basically, you know, ignored him, didn't vote for him, ignored him didn't believe what he was saying. He even had to face the threats of having intervention orders put against him by the very people who are now being investigated by IBAC for corrupt practices, for alleged corrupt practices, the very people. Then we have the major newspapers who jump on the story 12 months ago and somehow think, you know, we're the ones who've exposed all this. Well, the reality is that activists like John, activists like John Glazebrook, and there are many, many, many of you around the world, and many of you listen to the anarchist world this week here in Australia, activists who for years have been campaigning about corrupt practices in this country at the local, state and federal level, who are basically shunned, marginalised, ignored and corralled by the law. And when the shit hits the fan, their contribution to the exposure of those corrupt practices is never acknowledged. The things about the Casey Local Council in Victoria, it's not just a matter of local corruption. It's not just a matter of local developers manipulating local government. It's about a line of corruption that spreads into both the ALP and the Liberal Party in Victoria. We are seeing luminaries from both parties squirming in front of IBAC as conversations which have been taped legally by IBAC are played back to them. So we are seeing the entrails of corrupt practices in the state of Victoria which obviously are replicated in many other states in this country now john had a major stroke about 18 months ago and i'm quite confident and i've been a doctor for 45 years now i'm quite confident that a contributing factor to the fact that now he has significant memory, intellectual and physical difficulties because of that stroke is directly attributed to the treatment he received, the disdain, the marginalisation by various organisations, institutions and individuals in his quest to bring the corrupt practices which are a daily feature of life in the local municipal municipality of Casey to the public's attention. Now John will be written out of the history books. His name won't be mentioned. It won't be mentioned that he was instrumental in exposing these practices and that community radio stations like Community Radio 3CR were instrumental in giving John Glazebrook the ability to raise these issues in a public forum. So this is not just about John and the personal price he's played, but this is a question about the value of community radio, the value of community organisations, which are at the forefront of that struggle for equality, which is at the very basis of activism. In this country. You're listening to The Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. My name's Joseph Toscano. Now, it's interesting, isn't it? Now, I was, I'm was the convener for the West Papuan Rent Collective, and the West Papuan Rent Collective is a very simple concept. When my late wife, Ellen Jose, and myself first met West Papuan activists about seven years ago, we met them in a dingy little room in one of their flats. Hmm. This is the great independence movement. And we decided at that stage that it was important they had an office through which they could actually promote their struggle. Because the reality is that, you know, most activist groups are dirt poor. And they spend 90% of their time raising funds to conduct their campaigns and 10% of, that, of their time conducting those campaigns. That's the reality of being an activist in a capitalist society. You don't get the rich and powerful saying, oh, here's a million dollars. You know, we think your struggle you know, for equality is worthwhile supporting. Here's a million dollars to help you along. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. You've got to scrimp and scrape, scrape and whatever to get that organisation off the ground. So the West Papua Rent Collective is a gathering of individuals. Here in Australia, and I hate to say this, mainly pensioners, people on disability support pensions, workers on low wages, who give a dollar a day to keep the West Papuan office afloat. And the West Papuan office is at in uh, 838 Collins Street in Docklands in Melbourne. Now, this is the only independent office office in the world that is run by West Papuans, the rent collective pays the rent. We don't tell the West Papuan independence movement how to conduct their struggles, their political struggles, and it's been a focus for this independence struggle, which is now taken on a political dimension, where they're pushing for inclusion in the United Nations Decolonisation Committee. Agenda And they're getting closer and closer to that And this office has played a pivotal role In that And what we've seen over the last year Is extraordinary scenes in West Papua Now West Papua Is not Tigray in Ethiopia It's 75 Kilometres From the Australian coastline Over five 100,000 people from a population of less than 1.2 million have died in that independence struggle over the past 60 years. It is a struggle that no government or opposition member is willing to mention because it may offend the Indonesian authorities. It is a struggle that is conducted in this country where you have Indonesian secret service men and women with the full knowledge of Australia's security services conducting surveillance against West Papuan activists in this country. I mean, when Morrison talks about national sovereignty, our sovereign rights, and when he tilts at the... uh, Chinese uh, monster, you know, saying that we should respect our sovereign rights. How about you know pushing out these West, these Indonesian social um, s- security personnel who have made their base in Australia to spy on the West Papua and independence movement. Now, getting back to what's happening in West Papua, we've seen atrocity after atrocity after atrocity. And on the 1st of December, which is the West Papua Independence Day, the West Papuan parliaments, the two parliaments in West Papua, local parliaments, formed a transitional government. That's right, a transitional government. And if you think that it's all hunky-dory in West Papua, one, the Indonesian government refuses the United Nations to enter the country to conduct you know, interviews. There are 45,000, that's right, 45,000 Indonesian troops stationed in West Papua. It's increased from 15,000 to 45,000 in the last 12 months because of the increasing resistance and the growth of the West Papua independence movement. And let's not forget, it's only about a million West Papuans left. That is, there is one Indonesian soldier for every 25 men, women and children in West Papua, and when you realise that half the population is children there's almost one Indonesian soldier for every 10 West Papuan adults in that country as well as obviously the uh, Indonesian police on top of that and there's thousands of them these are fully armed, fully trained troops So what can we do? Well, you know the festive season is coming up, Christmas, New Year. We'll all go see our families. We've all got that uncle who's got everything. You don't know what to buy him or or that aunt who's got everything. You don't know what to buy them for a Christmas present or a New Year's Day's present or a festive season's present. Well, why don't you buy them a membership to the West Parkland Rent Collective? We currently need 20 new members for the West Papua Rent Collective. Otherwise, the West Papua office will close down in June 2021. That's right, will close down. The only independence office outside of West Papua in the world will close down. We need 20 new members. That's a dollar a day. You can donate anonymously. You can donate through any branch of the Commonwealth Bank. It's very simple. A dollar a day. It's an honour system. Nobody will ring you. Nobody will annoy you. We have three gatherings of the Rent Collective every year. And if you want to look at information of the last gathering on Sunday, the 6th of December, I suggest you go to the website, DFAT, Federal Republic of West Papua, and have a look. That's a dollar a day. That's two cappuccinos a week. That's if you can get them for $3.50, which is pretty unusual these days. One a large pizza a fortnight, and the list goes on and on. So this is one way that you can contribute to ensure that the people of West Papua are not fully assimilated into the Indonesian way. It's very simple, a dollar a day. We pay the rent, we don't tell them what to do, they use the office to promote the independence struggle. So if you are interested in joining the Ren Collective, you can go to the Federal Republic of West Papua DFAT site or you can ring me on 0439 395 489 or you can go to my Facebook page, Joseph Toscano, and you can see the details of uh, how you contribute. We don't keep records. It's an honour system. It's up to you. But I encourage you, To act as soon as possible Especially with Christmas coming up Especially with New Year's festivities coming up And if you're one of those people Who doesn't know what to buy somebody Buying them a membership To the West Park and Rent Collective Is a great present It's better than buying all that Electronic junk You know On the World Wide Web Which turns out to be useless When you get it most times Listen to the Anarchist World this week Broadcast across Australia By the Community Radio Network now, now there are sometimes there are some things that truly sicken you, truly sicken you. And I've noticed that the Smith family, which is I think is a charity which is based in New South Wales, is stepping up its appeals to the Australian public to support the one in six Australian children living in poverty. One in six living in poverty. And let's not forget that most people on social security benefits do live below the poverty line, especially if they don't own their place of residence. And uh, we're seeing with the... we've seen with the current housing policy that fewer and fewer Australians are being housed in public housing or have the ability to actually enter the property market even if interest rates are at 2%. Now, I know you're bored with this and I talk about it every week. We live on a resource-rich continent. A resource-rich continent continent There are only 25 million of us on this continent. We have seen the production of billionaires and millionaires. I mean the Macquarie Bank is called the millionaire factory because the senior, you know, uh, managers in that uh, organization, you know, wouldn't even Deign to look at anything less than a million dollars as a pay packet and then you add bonuses to that we've seen extraordinary increase in the wealth of the the eight percent of Australians who have enough disposable income to use this country's investment friendly laws to augment their income we've seen over a third of this country's largest corporations not pay any tax and up till recently huge corporations like Facebook and Google were paying less tax than somebody earning $160,000 a year just extraordinary it's done all legally and who blames them it's done all legally because of the pressure they can apply on Parliament and here we have with the festive season inverted commas coming on us and the Smith family taking out advertisements all over the place asking us to cough up in order to support the one in six children in this country living below the poverty line, living in poverty. And I'm thinking to myself, where do I live? What's happened to this country? What's going on? Is it the major headline in every news organisation? No. No. Is it a debating point in this society? No. We have a private charity, and that's what the Smith family is, a private charity actually asking us to donate to assist Australian children living in poverty. It's the same with Save the Children. We have the same program targeted to Indigenous children in this country, the First Nations people in this country, who we've never, never signed a treaty with. Extraordinary. 2020, 2021 in a few weeks' time. And we continue to have to put up the same garbage every day. While a significant proportion of this country gets richer and richer, the majority tread water, and a significant minority, 30 to 35%, are asked, forced to live in poverty and then have any choices removed by introducing a cashless card if you're a Social Security beneficiary. And this is the type of shit, that's right, shit, they're debating in Parliament as I speak. They're not debating the question about why should this country's resources be given away at a peppercorn rent for a little bit of royalty to billionaires to maximise their fortunes at the expense of the rest of the population? Why shouldn't the resources that are in this ground actually be used for the benefit of the people in this country, First Nations people and the rest of us? But that's not the debate. Never raised in Parliament. Everybody's too frightened to cough. Because of the government geld that ABC has been you know gelded, and the corporate-owned media has become so powerful it thinks it, 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 it does not think it, it actually sets the agenda on a daily basis, irrespective of the lies, distortions, half-truths that people think are news in social media. What an extraordinary situation! No riots no demonstrations, nobody holding a placard outside the Prime Minister's office. Not that they'd be allowed to, they'd be moved away these days with all the security laws we have. And private organisations, private charities, are asking us to support Australian children because of the lack of courage of our political representatives, and that reflects on us. It's very easy for me to say it's our political representatives' fault, it's the fault of the corporations, you know, that manage the economy, that set the political, social and cultural agenda in this country, that it's the fault of the corporate-owned media, or to a lesser extent, the government at ABC. But ultimately... The fault is ours as a people, each and every one of us. It is my fault because I haven't been able to break through with these ideas after decades. I've been on radio and been an activist. It is the fault of other people who believe the propaganda who believe, and it is propaganda that you know privatization and corporatization and globalization and deregulation is good for us as a people, good for the country, good for individuals. It is our fault because we have been mired, drowning in identity politics because everything else is too hard, isn't it? It's too hard. If we can form a group regarding an identity issue, much easier. See, capitalism can incorporate any identity issue. We saw that with gay marriage. It will incorporate the climate change struggle because already we are seeing the emergence of billionaires and multi-billionaires who have realised that the future of the planet is based on tackling carbon emissions, but they are finding corporate ways of doing that where profits can be made. And we are seeing money shift from carbon emission industries to the solar industry, slowly because of this government's intransigence. But it is. So even the climate change struggle can be incorporated within a capitalist framework. But we're not interested in incorporating these struggles in a capitalist framework. We're interested... in in breaking down the nexus between private investment and private profit. We want to put the future of the many before the future of the few. And that's why we formed public interest before corporate interests. With that very idea in place. We're not an an identity-based movement which is left behind the hopes and aspirations of those who've been pushed aside, who now fight against their own interests by seeing themselves aligned with the Trumps of the world, who somehow feel that identity politics has marginalised them to such an extent that they have no options but to rail against the successes of organisations and institutions and social movements which have, to a significant degree, overcome many of the injustices and inequalities of the, of the past which are based on race, sexuality, sexual orientation, even climate change. But the struggle is much deeper than that. The struggle that we promote the struggle that we're interested in is directly linked to that definition of anarchism without rulers because it's inequalities in power and wealth which have created the situation where the Smith family, a private charity, is appealing to you over the festive season to give money to assist the one in six Australian children living in poverty. It is, not, it is a disgrace. Not what the Smith family is doing. I applaud them. If you and me, as citizens of this country, as permanent residents, and especially citizens who have the right to vote, cannot pressure our political parties to fear us more than they fear the corporate sector, more than they fear, you know, that that small section of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange, and communication, to deal with this horrible, unacceptable, evil situation today—not tomorrow, but today—we deserve what we have, because what this country lacks. And what we lack as individuals, and what I've noticed over the last few decades, is the lack of courage. That's right. Eureka was about courage. It was about people who were willing to stand up to defend their inalienable rights and liberties, rights and liberties they believed they were born with. They had the courage to do that. In the face of armed intervention by the state. We haven't reached that stage in this country. We don't live in a dictatorship. There isn't a man going around taking names and then putting us in prison. But the lack of courage which is shown by people in this country in terms of resisting the changes that have been pushed constantly through the corporate sector in Parliament which increase the gap between the rich and poor, which centralise power, which ensure that wealth sticks to the hands of a smaller and smaller minority. The lack of courage that we show highlights that we have forgotten that ultimate political authority in a democratic society, it doesn't rest in Parliament, it doesn't rest in the bureaucracy, it doesn't rest in the hands of the media, the fourth estate, it doesn't ha- rest in the hands of the corporate sector. Ultimate political authority a democratic society rests in the hands of the people. Not through voting every three to four years and sitting on your hands and waiting for people who you have given, that's right, given power to make decisions for you for the next three to four years, but to be active during that period to ensure the Smith family does not need to raise money in this country to look after the one in six children living in poverty in Australia today. Extraordinary. What an extraordinary situation we find ourselves in. What an extraordinary situation, as I said before. It's largely of our own making because we have believed the propaganda. We have believed that deregulation, privatisation, globalisation, corporatisation will solve the issues. Now, I remember an old cartoon. must be 60, 70, 80 years ago. You've got these people on a table, long legs, counting their money, enjoying their wealth. And there's all these little ants, which is us, running around the table, begging and beseeching, on bended knee, and occasionally some crumbs are brushed off the table and we fight amongst ourselves for the crumbs. Then we see a little group of these human ants get a large axe and cut one of the legs of the table. The table collapses and the caption is, Cake for everybody. Very simple. You see the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network. Now, another thing I love about living in 2020 in Australian society is the self-help industry. You realise that every personal shortcoming that you have and I have is our fault, that somehow we're isolated individuals that have no interaction with the institutions, the laws, the courts in this country. It's always our fault. It's our shortcomings. And if we improve ourselves with the latest self-improvement book or the latest self-improvement video or the latest self-improvement garbage on social media, somehow... All our problems will dissipate. Have you ever wondered why we have one of the highest anxiety rates, mental health issues in this country? Have you ever wondered why mental health is such a huge issue in Australian society compared to many other countries where you'd expect it would, have, would be much worse? Or maybe, maybe we're not all... Isolated individuals, and maybe it's not our fault, maybe it's not our genetic DNA, our double helix. Maybe, just maybe, the social conditioning, conditions we find ourselves in, maybe the constant pressure to perform we find ourselves under, the constant pressure to buy, pay bills, to borrow money, to enter into a materialistic lifestyle maybe that constant pressure to get ahead, being part of a capitalist society, private investment for private profit, may be, just may be, that has an impact on us as individuals. And it's not our fault. And to a significant degree, Social change, institutional change is the pathway to individual liberty, to freedom from fear, freedom from anxiety. Obviously, if you live in a society based on private investment for private profit and you can't pay your rent and you face eviction, that has an impact on you. Obviously, if you live in an unhappy society personal situation and you're financially trapped that has an impact on you irrespective of the laws that are passed to to, to protect you and that's why with public interest before corporate interest, one of our central tenets, one of our central policies is the introduction of a universal basic income and this country is rich enough, especially if we nationalised our resources, our natural resources, rich enough to provide a universal basic income for everybody so that one in six Australian children doesn't have to live in poverty, that so the Smith family does not have to waste its time raising money to look after children in this resource-rich country when it could use that, that, that time to assist children overseas in a much more difficult situation. That's the situation we face every day. You listen to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia via the community radio network. My name's Joseph Oscano. I'm hosting this program. Now look if you want further information, if you want to join public interest before corporate interests, and I encourage you to do so. You can download the application form from PIPSI P I B C I dot net. Want to find out what it's all about? Go to there go to our wonderful website PIPSI. P I B C I dot net. Other websites, other Facebook pages you can go to. Um, you can go to my personal Facebook page, Joseph Toscano or Toscano for the Public. YouTube channel, Public Interest Before Corporate Interests. Instagram, Pipsy A U S. And you can always leave numbers, if, you can always leave messages on 0439395489. O four three nine three nine five four eight nine, and if all else fails, you can always uh, write to me at post office box twenty Parkville three zero five two. Festive season or no festive season, the struggle goes on. Covid nineteen or no covid nineteen, the struggle goes on. Want we'll to hear about a bit of covid nineteen fuggery? God, I love fuggery. Yeah, the fugs from India in the old days, fuggery. Fuggery, fuggery, fuggery. Well, currently the uh, Federal Government, under the leadership of Mr Morrison, the happy clapper Mr Morrison, is about to have legislation pushed in Parliament to renew, reinvigorate the Industrial Relations Act. That's right. That's it, and they're using the COVID-19 crisis as their excuse to give more power to employers and disenfranchise employees. I'll give you one simple example that even an idiot like me can understand. I mean, it's just extraordinary. I don't make this stuff up. I don't walk into the studio every week and make this stuff up. My name's not Mr Trump. I don't need to say I've lost the election, we've been robbed, you know, it's all fake news, that science doesn't matter, that, you know, the, the earth is flat, no, no, I don't need to make that shit up, let Mr Trump and, you know, those type of people make that garbage up, you know, they need to make that garbage up to rationalise their stupidity, but I, I don't need to make stuff up because things are just so ridiculous, just so ridiculous. I'll give you an example. Currently, we are whipping up an anti China hysteria, but you've got to be in- interested. You've got to look at the terminology, because terminology language is everything in political, social, and cultural struggle. They always talk about the Chinese Communist Party, as if the Chinese Communist Party has nothing to do with the billion Chinese living in China. Okay, the Chinese Communist Party. Now, currently, we're involved in an undeclared trade war. It is undeclared by China, anyway. Now, I think about two months ago, 46% of this country's exports went to China. That means there was a huge economic dependence on Chinese trade. Okay? Now, let's not forget that I'm an anarchist, I'm not a communist. In the last, and uh, I acknowledge that the most anarchists that have ever been killed in the history of anarchism were by the communists in Spain in 1936 to 1939 during the Spanish Civil War. So don't get think that I'm some apologist for some centralised communist party or acting as a communist party. It's really a capitalist party. It's more of a gangster outfit, right? But even if you're trading with what you consider to be a gangster... And 46%, that's almost half of every dollar you earn, goes to that country. You're not going to kick it in the shins, are you? And if you kick it in the shins, you will expect retaliation. And the most ridiculous thing that I've seen for a long time was Mr. Morrison frothing at the mouth when some lower bureaucrat on the Chinese Communist Party you know, uh, hierarchy you know, puts a, some tweet about Australian troops. Now, we've just had a report after four years' investigation which highlighted that a small section of SAS troops, with the knowledge of their superiors, was involved in murder and brutality in Afghanistan. Now, I think a lot of people were shocked. I wasn't. This is what happens when you uh, train people to that degree. I mean, human beings are not natural born killers. I mean we kill people in a fit of rage or because we want their money or accidentally but most human beings are not mass murderers but what army training is about whether it's in China whether it's in North Korea or whether it's in Australia ultimately it's about killing people and you need to desensitise people so that they can actually kill people on a regular basis that's what it's all about so here we have you know, this stuff comes out, the Chinese make a comment, Morrison goes off his tree. Now why does he go off his tree? Not because he's offended, but he goes off his tree because he is trying to recreate the yellow peril fret. If there's one thing that excites an Australian, it's the fret of the yellow peril. You know, I remember when we invaded Vietnam, that was the excuse. We've got to stop them coming here. And if you look at the history of Australia, it's all about this great threat that there's Western society imposed on the Australian continent, which is really part of Asia when you think about it. You know, European settlement is going to be overrun by the yellow peril. So what he's doing is he's dog whistling. He's getting ready for an election in 2022. That's right, so less than 18 months away. He's getting ready for an election where race will continue to play a significant part in the um, policy, uh, election policy statements of the Liberal National Party. So think about it. It's all about domestic consumption, whereas the Chinese Communist Party, which is trying to raise nationalism... In China, they've got nothing else to offer the Chinese people. Or the Australian government, which is trying to, you know, be re-elected on a fear campaign based on us being swamped by the yellow peril, in inverted commas. And that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Think about it. Don't get manipulated. And I've been surprised because, you know, I mix with a lot of people from many different social circles And I have been surprised by how many Australians have accepted the propaganda that Morrison is putting out and to a lesser degree the Australian Labor Party. Holus bolus. Holus bolus. Don't forget. Let's move on. Let's move on. I think it's a scattergun approach today. As they say, it's a scattergun approach. Short and distort you like that? Short and distort. Now, I know all the listeners to the Anarchist World this week are great stock market investors, and you're all, you know, all your disposable income, because obviously you wouldn't get marginalised people listening to the Anarchist World this week. It's only the rich and powerful with disposable income. Now, all my listeners who are stock market uh, gurus who shorten, you know, use all the little ins and outs to make a buck on the stock market and actually pay no tax and get a tax dividend for investing. That's right. I pay them to invest. I mean, franking credits. I can't believe I'm saying this. I pay them to invest. Oh, I can't believe it. I'm going to have a heart attack or die laughing. Hopefully I'll die laughing. Uh, But, you know, we give them franking credits for investing. They're a bit pissed off. They're pissed off. They've been losing hundreds of millions, if not billions, of dollars. By the short and dis- short and distort crew. Now it seems that there are some very evil people overseas who are manipulating the market on a daily basis in order to devalue the worth of companies. And what you do is short shorting. What what they do is. You buy a share at a particular price, or you borrow a share, or you buy whatever at a particular price. You put out all this fake information. That's the beauty about living in the twenty of twenty during the social media era. We, we don't rely on science, we don't rely on facts. A meter isn't a meter long, you know. A millimeter isn't a millimeter. You know, you just make it up as you go along. So during the trade, you've bought these stocks, right? You, what you call you short them. You bought these stocks, you've, right? And you have sold them. You bought them at a particular price, you sell them, right? And then you say, oh, this is terrible. Look at these figures. It's going bankrupt, blah, blah, blah. And because the stock market is such a volatile little environment, a little bit like a casino, well, it is a casino, you know, for investors, that particular stock plummets in price. So then you rebuy the stock, then people realise that it was all fake news in inverted commas, and the stock goes up again and you make a buck. It's called short and distort, and they're all upset. They're all upset about it. Well, my advice is that if you're one of those stock market gurus, stop taking franking credits from us. You don't need them. You deserve, you deserve to be pilloried and devastated by these, uh, these people because... It's got nothing to do with reality, unfortunately. Yep. Do I own stocks and shares? No. Have I ever owned a stock and share? No. Will I ever own a stock and share? No. Oh, they say, you do it through your superannuation fund. No, because I run my own superannuation fund and I don't invest in stock and shares. End of story. Okay? So you look at your superannuation fund, if you got it, and see who you're supporting, what arms manufacturer you're supporting, what dirty coal industry you're supporting, what alcohol and cigarette brand you're supporting, because you'll be so surprised where your superannuation fund makes its money from. You've been listening to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia by the community radio satellite. There's been a scattergun approach. Yes, we will be broadcasting over The uh, festive season Not that there's too much to be festive about All I can say to you is If you're disgusted By the fact that the Paul Smith family A private charity Has to raise money from you Over the festive season In order to support the one in six Australian children Who we as a country Should be supporting Because we have forgotten our responsibility then I encourage you to contact your local federal parliamentarian and tear strips off them. This is totally unacceptable in a resource-rich country like Australia. Now, you can go to a number of Facebook pages, pipsi.net, become a member, download the application form, p-i-b-c-i.net. You can go to anarchistmedia.org, anarchistmedia.org. You can go to my Facebook page, Joseph Toscano Toscano for the Public. Another Facebook page you could go for is Defend and Extend Public Housing or Public Housing Everybody's Business. YouTube channel, Public Interest Before Court, Put Interest. Instagram, Pipsy AUS. Pipsy AUS. Twitter, I've forgotten what it is, but we do have a Twitter stream, which I hardly ever use. It's all there. You've got no excuse. You can sit back on your haunches and say... Somebody should do something about that. How unacceptable that we have children living in poverty in Australia in 2020, that a private charity has to raise money in order to look after our children. Or you can say, well, it's time I did something about that. Do something for New Year's resolution. I want you to tear up your membership to the Gunner Tribe. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I want you to tear up your membership to the largest tribe in Australia. Somebody should do something about that tribe. And you become the person you've been waiting for. Because there's no point waiting for somebody else to take that initiative. It's up to you. If you want change, even reform, even mild reform, you need to take that first step. And if there's one thing... We encourage on the Anarchist World this week is for people to take that first step and to take their future into their own hands. Thank you for listening to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. Don't forget, the West Papua Rent Collective, if you want to become a member, leave a message 0439395489 395 489. You can always write to me at post office box 20... Parkville 3052. And thanks to those people who are sending me festive cards. They have decreased dramatically since the introduction of social media. There's still a few of you who do. Thank you once again. Listen to The Anarchist World this week, next week, on your local community radio station, courtesy of those wonderful people at the Community Radio Network. And don't forget community radio irrespective of the social media irrespective of twitter instagram still plays a significant role in the life of people in this country listening to the anarchist will this week on your local community radio station courtesy of the community radio network on your local community radio station Minds at plot destruction Sorcerer of Death Construction. An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist Wall This Week. Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. 10 a.m. every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist Wall This Week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. wash my hands Oh Lord, yeah!